0: Patients from all over the world travel to G4 to get their permanent smiles in just 24 hours and change their lives forever. Booking an appointment has never been easier. Simply visit yourteeth.com today and schedule your appointment with G4 by Golpa. Mention this podcast when you book to save $1,000. So what are you waiting for? Get ready to show off your new, confident smile with G4 by Gopa. Visit yourteeth.com today and start your journey to a new, permanent smile in just 24 hours. G4 by Gopa Powered by technology. Inspired by patience. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your hosts from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Cazorra. Always live talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex.
1: Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 122. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here. This Sunday Steelers Nation as Dave we are wrapping up the 2023 NFL draft in the Pittsburgh Steelers 2023 draft class just three picks made on Sunday but we have signings and undrafted free agents and still a whole lot to cover.
2: Did you go get Chick Fil A during that, uh, long, <laughs>
1: that long? I should have. <laughs> I I literally, I literally did order food. I mean, it was a long <laughs> wait.
2: Hey, speaking of food, I got to hear the story about this uh, that chicken uh, that turkey sandwich that you uh, got the other <laughs> day. What uh, I, I, I didn't I didn't get the context there. I need you to spell this. I need you to lay this all out out for me here. You ordered a sandwich without bread.
1: By mistake, yeah. You you know what Sheets is, right? Just enough yeah, oh, yeah. Pittsburgh knowledge there. Okay. So you go to yeah. Sheets. Oh, I then, think
2: that I think that place is fantastic from right. uh, Oh yeah, from you the went time. there. When, yeah, when you yeah, came I mean, out here, you went there. Yeah. Yeah. I bought you well, they got everything there. What, what did I what'd you get? Like a smoothie or something? Or mm-hmm. I mean you could get everything in those places there, but do do tell.
1: Yeah, just real quick. So you can, you know, obviously order a sandwich. You can choose your type of bread. And I was in such a brain fog. It was just like, I guess, uh, for Friday before the draft and with, you know, just so tired from Thursday, I was going through the options, thought it said no cheese. And so I hit no. And then I, I get home and then like I see the, this box. I'm like, why is there this? Usually it's in a, you know, foil, it's in a wrap. And I open it up and it's just, there's no bread. And so, yeah, I, I'd accidentally chosen the no bread option for the sandwich. And I got extra mayo, too. So just like a giant glob of mayo. I just, you know, inedible at this point. So completely screwed it up and c- could not eat it at all. So um, very funny moment, though.
2: <laughs> I was wondering, man, he likes mayonnaise like I like <laughs> black pepper, you know, uh, and, and, and no bread. OK, that's that's good context there. But uh, yeah, so
1: they have to think of the weirdest person in the world. That, I can't go back to that. Sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like This this is a psychopath.
2: <sighs> OK, yeah. Uh boy, that was a long wait. And I think Omar Khan said that he went and, uh, or had some Chick-fil-A. was on the phone. They were, they were, uh, they were talking about their, uh, p- uh, undrafted free agent, uh, strategy, which that was probably the worst thing that they did.
1: <laughs> the short uh, conversation. Right, same model that, Guys, no change. Okay, good.
2: Yeah. That was uh, probably the worst thing that they did over the weekend. Uh, uh, when, when it, when it came to that, and we'll, we'll, get into more of that later there, but, uh, Okay, we got uh got three more players to talk about. We got a uh some undrafted players to talk about, and you know, let's let's get to recapping this thing.
1: Yeah, let's start off here. Before the long wait, Pittsburgh made a pick in the fourth round at number one thirty-two. That pick acquired in the trade down on Friday from Carolina when Pittsburgh went eighty to ninety-three. They picked up one thirty-two in the process and they used that selection to take Nick Herbert, the Outside linebacker from Wisconsin at Pittsburgh confirming they're going to start him as an edge rusher, playing on the outside, as he did in college. And so a guy that's been on our radar quite a bit was, you know, when I did the um day three prospects to look for post on Saturday, I intentionally chose Herbig as the cover photo because I felt like he was the one guy. If you had to give me one guess about who would become a Steeler, it would be Nick Herbig based on the bloodlines, based on Aaron Curry being at that pro day, based on his production. And so Certainly not a surprise to see Herbig become a Steeler. I am a bit surprised on the position he's expected to begin playing in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, good on you. Was that uh, you had him in your mock, too, didn't you?
1: I did. That was the one that I got right uh, okay. in terms of like, you know, the, the player. I did have Herbig.
2: And a guy that we've had a few conversations with uh, for uh, for quite a while, obviously, I mean, really, even before I think, I, I think we had mentioned him a time or two back uh, before even, I think uh, uh, Nate Herbig was signed. Uh, I think we might've mentioned him a, a time or two, but uh, uh, you know, since the pro day specifically, I know we've had quite a few conversations about Nick Herbig and the main thing I think coming out of all these conversations that we've had about him is the size, right? Uh uh, the, the tape is pretty damn good uh, o- overall, especially as a pass rusher, very productive pass rusher uh, at, at at Wisconsin. Uh, there is a lot. I mean, there's 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 a nice degree of athleticism to him there. His tape is full of him doing. A lot of different things, uh, dropping into coverage, uh, playing out in space, you know, a, a little bit, and and making tackles that way, and and obviously he's played a plus on him as he's played on both sides and rushed from both sides in a stand-up position there. Uh, very once again, very productive player at Wisconsin. His success, uh, you know, and. and We obviously had the conversations too about him at back at his pro day and a very good interview on was it Badger Plus or Badger Pro? I forget which one uh, it was, but uh, talking about how he was even uh, pretty sure he was going to have to move off the ball at the uh, at the next level here. Well, the Steelers draft him. I mean, they're you know bloodlines, you know positional need, you know everything all in line there. The biggest question now right with him is is that overall length and, and size with him. And will he be over, able to overcome that at the next level?
1: Yeah. Before I get into the position concerns that I have just on the player himself, good athlete, active hands, hot motor, I think he's going to be a really strong special teamer, highly productive guy with always numbers You know, in his career. I think, you know, 30 something tackles for a loss and a you know, big production last year in terms of getting after the quarterback. Let me, Pull up his stats here, so I'm uh, correct here. 36 tackles for a loss, 21 career sacks, 4 forced fumbles, 15 and a half TFLs last year, 11 sacks. And so, you know, it's a guy with a, with a ton of production. So, you know, Tom Meade did a great scouting report on him. So great I encourage you guys really
2: good, really good one.
1: To check that out. Um, And it's basically what I kind of saw on tape, just stumming through uh some clips before the draft in terms of, you know, stay, stays clean, active hands can bend the edge. Good athlete, good, good closing speed. So all that I like. And then the position fit is going to be the concern here because didn't you say, I I know you said it, but didn't Herbig say, I think during his pro day that he even expected to move off ball at the next level. Do Do you remember the exact comment that Herbig made about that? Uh,
2: I'll have to, I'll have to find it, Alex. I don't, uh, yeah, I can pull it up here. Or, or but that was the,
1: that was the try. gist of it, right? That even he yeah. was anticipating a move.
2: Yeah. He was anticipating, he was ready for it. You know, he was, he was embracing it and all like that. Uh, uh, so to speak here. So, uh, let me see if I can pull up that link real quick. I don't know if that, that quote was actually in the, uh, in the story or if it was in the, uh, in, because there's a video attached to that as well too uh in there let me see if I can find this real quick
1: let me just speak to while you do that here's the concern the, the biggest concern i have with herbig because i made this comment about you know size you know considerations there and i've gotten so many comments too well what about james harrison what about lamar it, woodley what yeah, about greg build. lloyd totally different build the height is not an issue. You can be 6'2 and play outside linebacker. I think sure. that's not not a deal breaker. Even 240 is light, but you can add, and it's not necessarily a deal breaker. The length is going to be the killer. 31 and a quarter inch arms to play on the edge against these 6'5", 315 pound tackles with 34, 35 inch arms. Small, you know, kind of stubbier outside linebackers do not work well in Pittsburgh. We just saw this with Malik Reed. Last year, whose arm length, by the way, is about the same as Nick Herbig's and about the same body type and size. And you just look at the way that Herbig carries that weight. It's a thinner frame. It's not super broad shouldered. And so, um, you know, even though he's the same size, height, weight as a Will McDonald, somebody pointed that out to me. Uh, the length is a uh, totally different and, and the body type is totally different as well. And so that's just my concern there is that I think he can be a good player. I think he's going to struggle to set the edge against the I- in the run game. When he's at that big length disadvantage against these big NFL tackles,
2: yeah. Here's what he said on 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 Badger Extra, and that link is in my uh, Twitter feed. And you know, I invite uh, everybody to uh, to 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 read that article and, and watch the video. I think there was two different quotes here. I know one of them was in the story here, and I think the other one might be in the video itself. Uh, he says, "I'm uh, you know, he he his mentality." uh is ready let's see of, of having to probably move to another position and he says i'm honestly uh excited about it uh i've i've played outside uh outside linebacker almost my whole career so just learning something new diving in something new getting a fresh start It's get it it's exciting to me i get to try something out and attack it with everything i got and then later In there, he says, uh, Herbig said he's had a positive attitude about the position change coming his way because it's been in his mind for a good amount of time. Quote, I kind of made my peace with that a long time ago, Herbig said. I'm ready for whatever comes next. I know I'm going at it with 100% of my effort here. So, uh, once again, uh, one of the big takeaways from that specific interview there uh, was that he was. And, and, you know, I think Jim, I think the coach there, who is it? Jim Leonard uh, mm-hmm. has, has even, I think several people have prepared him to make the move from edge to off the ball linebacker there. So uh, now look, I mean, this, he, we're not saying that he can't overcome this, but it's going to be a huge obstacle for several reasons that you mentioned there uh with the length you know my thought was uh as soon as he arrives in Pittsburgh take him down to Perman brothers and leave him there for a little bit uh mm-hmm. uh help him get you know a, a little bit of weight on him but uh uh Denzel Denzel you know for, said they, they're pretty comfortable with him I think what do he say 2 240
1: yeah he's about I think he came in combine
2: 240 all right uh We'll see. And look, here's the other thing about it. Uh, the transition to inside linebacker, if that has to happen, you know, there, there's time for that to happen. Uh, I firmly believe that he should initially get, you know, get a shot to, to at least show what he can do on the edge. Uh, they did the same thing with that uh, Sutton Smith a couple of years ago. Uh, and, you know, let, let him, let him show over the rest of the, uh, of this off season, you know, what he can do and if he can stick out there fine. And at, at the very least, I, and, and you mentioned this at the, at the very top here, he's going to be able to help you on special teams for sure. Uh, the question, this just becomes positionally where he fits, you know, after that. So. Uh, but man, I mean, his, he's very productive. Uh, he did he did struggle at times against some of those larger those larger tackles, you know, uh, mm-hmm. especially when he tried to go some some speed to power uh, on them. But I mean, he's got some athleticism. He can work the edge. Uh, he's got very nice hand usage and all like that. So uh, his own enemy, I think, is kind of his build and his his length. Like,
1: from a special team standpoint, as we're mentioning, he should be really strong. I think in general, pass rushers are typically some of the best special teamers because they know how to defeat blocks and special teams coverage, you know, running down kicks and punts is all about defeating blocks and using your hands and with the motor. And I think overall athleticism and burst and closing speed he has, he's going to make plays there. I disagree though, on, in, in the sense of letting him start as an edge guy and, and see if he can do it there. To me, why, why delay the inevitable? Let, let's put him in inside linebacker, rookie meeting camp, start working him there because that will be a process. It will be a transi- transition. It will be new for him to do, and I'd rather hit the ground running. And so by training camp, this guy's a bit more comfortable and can start actually focusing on football as opposed to, okay, it's mid-year, you're not working on the edge. We have some negative results from that. Let's try to change your position. I think that's that's not the best way to start his career if you're, if you're changing positions kind of midway through and having him learn new things after he just learned some of the NFL playbook. So to me, I think it's an, it, 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 at some point he's going to move softball linebacker. I'd rather start that process today as opposed to a couple weeks or, or months from now.
2: Yeah, I get it. But I mean, even that, that process is going to take some time anyway, you know, at least even Mark Robinson, when he came in, he had a year, uh, a, a, a experience, you know, right. which
1: is uh, why he needs to start now because it's right. going to take some time for him to transition.
2: Yeah. But I mean, uh, My, my theory on this is even if you, if you started transition now, I mean, he's not going to get on the field as an inside linebacker in his rookie season. So, you know, at least I I wouldn't think that you're going to get in that position where you have to have that happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So why not give him every opportunity on the edge and then start the transition, you know, after you figure out that that's not, not where he can play because I, I don't think you're racing against time and the star of the season for, for that transition, to, you know, for that transition time to even make a damn bit of difference. You
1: yeah, I get that. I, no, I understand. I just, Cause he, he's going
2: to be a special teamer and, sure. and look, if he gets on the field as a core special teamer and, and, uh, has 10 special teams tackles as a rookie. Uh, fantastic, you know, uh, so I, I, I think he deserves the opportunity, you know, at least right out of the shoot to show what he can or cannot do on the edge, but I I'm with you. I do expect at some point and hopefully he proves us wrong, you know, uh, sure. but, but, uh, uh, but I would expect him to go off the ball at some point. Now, look, we have talked for how long about this team adding an edge, right? You know, some right. depth. It uh, feels like five years, man. We got to, they, they got to add some, some, some edge depth here. Uh, maybe they can use him as kind of a situation, you know, situationally. I, I don't know, but uh, uh, I understand why they picked him and, and, and the links and all like that. I just, I just have my concerns whether or not he's going to end up being a true edge uh, past his rookie season.
1: And I don't want to minimize what he can do as a pass rusher because there is good tape there, but very I think there's a tape. way where he can play off ball and you can, you know, situationally in sub package, line him over the edge, something that's very commonly done in Pittsburgh. I think what he could do is a B gap blitzer on running backs is, you know, I think that could be a big asset to Pittsburgh. They've not had a good blitzing linebacker since Vince Williams. And so you get a guy like um Nick Herbick that can come in and and, and take some of these backs one V one and with his closing speed and hit power, I think he'd make some hay there. So There's To me, even even if you push him off ball, there are still things you can do with this game to to utilize. I think the traits that he has to get after the quarterback, I just think it'll actually be better to do that as an inside guy than if you're trying to fight these tackles on the edge. Because again, I mean, 31 and a quarter, I don't want to get, I I know it's one number, but it's a big number. And just tell me the last small edge rusher that worked well in Pittsburgh. And I, I don't know who that is. And again, James Harrison. Short, not small. Lamar Woodley a bit shorter, but definitely not small. That kind of stuff. You know, I don't see the comparison. You mentioned the name earlier, Sutton Smith, kind of similar build. He's a little bit shorter, a little bit smaller overall, but like and we try we try
2: to warn people about that as well, too. And
1: they're so like, what's the difference between what happened to Sutton Smith and, and and Herbig? Like, what do you see as the difference what, what, that makes you say Sutton that Herbig? A little bit smaller, though. He was he was smaller, but not significantly. And and he, right. he got hurt in camp, and they tried to make him like a half fullback, and like there was some other stuff going on. And and I think Herbig's a better player than Sutton Smith. So like, better that's athlete, the difference. yeah, too. Better athlete, better hand use. You know, played bigger competition, but like the same idea, just. What, or, or Malik Reed last year. Like, why did Malik Reed struggle? He's just too small. And, like, he's the same size as Nick Erbick.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, he can prove us wrong within that. But, I mean, that's the conversation that you, have, I ha- you and I have had. Uh, you know, just for uh, giggles, I went, out, went went back last night and it had been killing me because, Uh, you know, Nolan Smith, one of the talks that we've had about him throughout this, this off season, uh, was that size? I mean, productive is all get out, uh, at at Georgia, but you know, comes into the NFL, you know, mostly as an edge and you kind of wonder, you know, how, how that, how that, how that fits going to go and all. So, uh, I, I ran the RAS. That's such a great great tool that, uh, they mm-hmm. have over there at math bomb here. Uh, I ran the RAS comparison for Nolan Smith and Nick Herbig and everybody got upset. Obviously when I, when I did that, they said, well, one's a first round pick and one's you know, a fourth round pick. Yeah, I understand that, but I mean, the conversation is still the same on, on both these guys,
1: right? Sure. When we discussed Nolan Smith, we said, you know, he'd probably have to kick off ball in Pittsburgh. But I suppose had he been drafted by the Steelers, they probably would have kept him an outside linebacker. So I get the need for depth there. I mean, that's that's probably one reason why they're trying Herbig there because they need some guys there and they got enough at inside linebacker right now. So maybe that's kind of part of the reason just for an opportunity to get him on the field would, would potentially be quicker at edge. I mean, if they had... Like if Pittsburgh had more designated pass rushers on third down then I could kind of see that, but they don't have that. They, they rotate on series, typically not on, you know, down and situations. So I'm just, you know... Kerbick's going to have to play on first and 10, and and how do you handle that's going to be the the, the thing to really watch with him.
2: Uh, Nolan Smith had a, uh, for what he did, he did not do the bench, uh, and he did not do the shuttle or the three cones. So those are some very, I'm pretty sure, though, that he probably would have crushed the shuttle and the three cone pretty pretty decently. Uh he still came out with with what he did with a 9.23 uh RAS score whereas Nick Herbig did everything including 25 on the bench. Good for him. That's strong. Mm-hmm. Uh uh 7.75 RAS. So I mean uh now now where the differences really come in at is is the uh I think the arm length uh there uh Nolan Smith I think 30 what was it 32 and 3 quarters and her big 31 or no, it was uh, 32 and I think six eights or something on on uh, no, no, wait, wait, thirty-two and five eighths on Nolan Smith and uh, Herbig. I think was thirty-one and a quarter on there. So there's a you know a little bit of arm length uh, difference within that uh, height-wise. They're right, there right the same. I think an eighth of an inch difference. Nolan Smith has them by, but uh, Herbig does have the the uh, the bigger hands there. But I mean, it's been killing me to, and I've been meaning to to run the Ras on both of them uh, for a while. I, I, and you know, look, I think overall the, the Herbig RAS isn't bad for a player, you know, where he's at. Uh, but, uh, you know, you obviously see the differences between him and, 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 and Nolan Smith. So, uh, once again, and we, were, as soon as the pick was made, I was like, who's, who's coming into the room? <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be Curry? Uh, uh, uh or, 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 the other route there? Uh, but, uh, and 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 you know they, they made it clear that it they want to give him work at outside linebacker first.
1: It was good to hear from Denzel Morton. Sure. we never heard from that guy, you know, publicly before. He's really worked up the ladder uh well in Pittsburgh and promoted to outside linebacker's coach this year. It is do, weird. Do though. we
2: do we know that Denzel was not at that pro day?
1: I I, I wish we were Curry ask was. Well I was just gonna say, isn't it weird that like Curry was at the pro day? Right. And then Martin comes out to talk about the the, the pick as an outside guy. Like they sent the inside linebackers coach to Herbig's pro day. They draft him and now he's, he's going to remain as an outside linebacker. I mean, maybe Martin was there and I missed it, but I feel like he probably wasn't. I think one linebacker coach is enough.
2: But, but didn't Curry, not, not that it means squat at this point, but when he was with, uh, the, the, uh, the Seahawks, did not he coach the edge?
1: He did, but he's coaching inside guys now. Right.
2: But but what I'm saying is maybe they they felt because he's coming out of coaching edges and you know maybe they just thought that they'd rely a little bit on on his experience. But Martin's there. been
1: coaching edges. He's that's sure. what he's been doing. I mean, I I'm just know.
2: I'm just trying to find theory.
1: Yeah, I got you. Uh, Pro- l- process. I don't want to sound like I'm killing the pick. I think Herbert can be a good player. I'm just worried about Pittsburgh misusing him and not maximizing what talents he has and kind of putting him in some positions to not succeed. I understand he's a, a natural edge and there's going to be some growing pains whenever you change positions. I think this guy can be a, a, a contributor. I'm just worried Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to mess around with him and, and and play him basically in a bad position only to move him halfway through his year and kind of stunt some of that growth and development. So I think I think they got a good player. I think they got good value. I just want to make sure they're they're using him in the correct fashion to maximize that.
2: <coughs> let, let me tell you the, uh, you know, obviously I had him circled in, 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 uh, red as someone to consider in my mock draft, the thing that prevented me from putting him in that, you know, uh, putting him in my final mock as a selection was, I was pretty convinced that they'd view him as an inside linebacker. And thus that, re- I, in other words, I, I thought they would bypass on that, uh, uh, unless they just went, you know, the, 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 you know, the bloodline we'll, we'll see however he fits. We like, we like the player. We like the hearts and smarts. We like everything else about him. We'll worry about where he fits after the, after the fact, which is kind of seems like what, what they ended up doing there. That's the only reason I kept them out of my mock. Cause I was so sure that they view him as an inside guy or off yeah. the ball guy.
1: Fair enough. And that was my thought as well. And, and we'll see, I mean, you know, Maybe they decide even after OTAs that maybe you should change positions or sometime in camp and we'll just take it, you know, step by step and and see where it goes. But not surprising because they love they love the bloodlines. He gets to play with with, um, you know, big brother Nate. And that's a pretty cool story. So uh, just uh, feel good kind of off field type stuff. That's that's pretty, pretty fun to see.
2: All right. Now, now that we've effectively framed ourselves as Nick Herberg haters, <laughs> uh, here, uh, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him to, if, if they're going to give him a shot on the edge, right, right off the bat. I mean, I, I obviously nobody loves edges <laughs> and edge production as much as I do, especially when this team needs somebody behind TJ Watt and, uh, I mean, how cool is it too? He gets to join a couple of his, you know, uh, Benton and
1: uh, Louder uh, for loud now. Milk. At least.
2: Yeah, and and obviously, you know, looked up to Watt all those years and all like that. I mean, pre- pretty cool story uh, overall. There, uh, nobody hopes he works out more as a backup edge than 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 I do here. But uh, uh, it does not change what the question has been about him throughout this process, whether he went, would have went to another team or or, or or came to the Steelers, is can he stay on the edge? And if he can, absolutely fantastic. It'd be a huge win for the Steelers to get a, a four-year player that can even serve as a backup to either Watt or, or, or Alex Highsmith.
1: For sure. They need that. And, you know, we'll see what happens to Liao. We'll talk about that maybe Monday or sometime later in the uh, in the offseason about what Liao's role and future might be. But that is the pick.
2: Memories should last a lifetime. But Alzheimer's disease has robbed millions of Americans of their treasured memories. If you have a family history of Alzheimer's disease or are worried about your memory, you can help by joining the NIH-funded AHEAD Study. It's aimed at delaying symptoms of Alzheimer's before they appear. Visit AHEADstudy.org to learn more.
0: That's AHEADstudy.org.
1: And so after the long wait, historically long wait from pick 132 to 241 in the 7th round, the Steelers selected... Purdue cornerback Corey Trice Jr., a guy that I thought would go much higher. It appears medical is pushing him down uh, the board pretty significantly, but ends up being, I think, a really good value pick with a ton of upside for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Boy, what a surprise that uh, that he fell all the way down that way, right? I mean, he, huge surprise. Big kid, boy. Uh, you look at these corners now coming in this offseason and Patrick Peterson and Joey Porter, Jr. and Corey, Corey Trice uh, junior, uh, these are some big kids, uh, with some, uh, with, with long arms and, uh, a, a, a little bit of poundage on them as, as well. And, you know, can play up on the line and press man and, and those kind of things there. So, I mean, uh, I guess the medicals was the main reason behind all this, right?
1: It seems so. Never been officially said, but that was my thought. Even even as he was falling, uh falling in the draft before he became a stealer, I, I had tweeted out to somebody about why he had uh kind of it, it appeared he had been moving down the board some. So I wrote the report on Trice about ten days before the draft kicked off and good call uh, on that, by the way. When, yeah, well, he was a riser in this process I thought would kind of become like a day two type of guy just based on on, on what I was hearing, kind of went through the tape and confirmed that. So I did a deep dive into, into the background on this kid and, and kind of had some of the medical stuff uh, I put out on, on him. So in 2021, he has a high ankle sprain, misses time, comes back, and then I think in September, te- tears his ACL. He's out for the year, obviously, comes back, gets ready for 2022, had a brace on until about October of 2022 was able to finally kind of take it off, and I think you saw a bit better tape because he was a little less clunky, a little less limited in his movements coming off the torn ACL. Also, his senior year of high school was cut short by, by a broken ankle, missed bout. we bout. It happened in October of 2018. He came back in in uh, January to play on the basketball team at like 70%, so he kind of was playing hurt still. And so I think the combination of the torn ACL, got an ankle sprain, he's got a broken ankle. Probably pushed him down as kind of one of those longer, leggier type guys. You kind of worry about maybe, you know, pressure on those ankles, those knees a little bit more. So that's my best guess on why he fell that far um, with some of the medical concerns. But the tape was really good. He's a physical press corner. He's got some ball skills. He can hit. He's he profiles pretty similar to Joey Porter Jr. I would say he um, has not played a ton of corner though. He played. Safety to start his Purdue career. They had some injuries in 2019. He pushed down the corner. Uh, he played safety throughout high school and and, and things like that. So um, the position is a little bit newer to him. I thought he might go back to safety. He was one of those guys I thought that you know his NFL career might be best moving back to a maybe a, a strong safety or free safety type of role. Um, my comped in was Jalen Mills, who's a kind of a hybrid type of guy um, throughout his career. So. Uh, I think there's really good value here if the medical's OK, but I think it's certainly a, a chance worth taking here late in the seventh round.
2: I mean, this is a measurable selection, correct? A very a very measurable selection backed up with about uh, a season's worth of 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 nice tape at overall at, at, at the cornerbacks position.
1: Yeah, I mean the I, I don't know the RAS score for sure, but I think it's off the charts. I mean it's 40 I mean his shuttle times were great. I thought he looked a little bit tighter on on tape than the six seven three cone four oh six short shuttle that he had. But eleven foot broad, thirty five and a half inch vertical, seventeen, uh, you know, bench press. So I mean the the numbers are off the charts for a guy who's 206". Uh,
2: let's see his, uh, now, now Joey Porter Jr. did not do the, uh, the shuttle or the three cone, uh, Joey Porter Jr. 9.71 RAS and Trice was 9.65. Uh, I think the thing that really kind of sticks out, uh, with, uh, with Trice was the 20 yard split, which. You know, don't don't know the impact of, 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 of that overall. Uh, I mean, he did put up a very nice four point oh six shuttle and a six point seven three cone. But uh, you don't think that necessarily shows up as much. Uh, I've watched probably two and a half games on him. is all I got in. You probably watched a little bit more than that.
1: Yeah, I think I watched like three or four uh, for the report. What, what were your impressions, though, in the, the tape that you've watched? I mean, so far?
2: Super sticky. I mean, he got some, uh, you know, some. You know, for, for 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 not having the thirty-three or thirty-four inch arms, uh, he can he can really interfere with with routes in early in the early stages of them. Uh, and you know, he's good in pass breakups. Uh, I think uh, does a good job kind of mirroring within the first 10 to 12 yards and all. I think maybe sometimes he'll, he'll open the gate a little bit too early uh, within that uh, uh, overall. But I mean, I, I didn't in what I watched, I mean, he's, he's physical as all get out. You know, I, I don't think you have, a, have to worry about him, you know, uh, from what I saw and have this, you know, work outside and defend the run, turn that back in and, and that kind of stuff there. So yeah. Uh, didn't get to see him tested too many times deep down the field.
1: Yeah, my notes on him, just reading my report, I'll kind of go through just a couple of bullet points on the good and bad. I said, uses length well to press, jam, and disrupt at the line of scrimmage. Physical downhill player with quick click and flows out of pedal. Can deliver impactful hits when driving. Downhill, good pop, and a reliable. Wrap up tackler that we does not deliver devastating blows. Aggressive with the ball in the air. Wants to attack it. Can play catch point and use length to bat passes away regarded as a hard worker with maturity and discipline in terms of the bad leaner frame high cut could still add some weight i think he was 215 this year at purdue he dropped down to 206 to run faster um during this you know pre-draft process
2: did, did, so he, a, did he say he put that back on too or
1: i think he said he, he liked 206 is kind of the okay. best weight for him i think maybe he made a comment there in his uh, uh conference call with reporters Uh, I wrote he looked a little bit stiffer when asked to flip his hips and cover in breaking routes. So I think he had that knee knee brace on 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 some of the games that I'd watched that probably had an impact there. Thought he kind of gets lost in zone. He kind of gets his eyes stuck on the quarterback and doesn't have have a great feel for the routes behind him. So I think I thought in zone coverage, there was probably some eye discipline um, work there, a little bit grabby at the top of routes, you know, bigger guy uses that size again, very much like Porter overall. And again, the medical concerns there with him, but I thought the ball skills and ball production was better than what Joey Porter jr. Had. And again, this guy's not played a ton of cornerback, And so there was some newness to that position. When you consider the position change Him missing basically all of 2021 with the torn ACL and then trying to recover and get back and get right for 2022. So, you know, Grady Brown said he'll, he'll be a corner to start. I'm okay with that. I do wonder though, if at some point he will go back to safety.
2: Okay. Uh, I think, uh, I think he only gave up, what what was it, one TD in uh, last season? I think that was the Michigan. Uh, uh, had, what, two interceptions last year, had nine uh, pass breakups. Uh, you know, look, I mean, he he's built, I'll tell you that. And if they, uh, if, if he can stay healthy and just stay at outside corner, I mean, this team went into this draft. With only Patrick Peterson as uh, as an outside guy under contract for next season, right, for right. 2024, you obviously get uh, Joey Porter Jr. early in the draft, and and that helps fill that room up a little bit. Uh, uh, obviously for 2024, if and you know if, if 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 Trice can, you know, stick at corner as well too. I mean, you you might very well have your two outside corners for the next. Four years, at least four years there. Uh, if if both these guys obviously uh, uh pan out the way you think they can, so I mean, here here here's the main takeaway. I it, it's it's hell of value for where you got him at, for sure.
1: Definitely, I did not expect him to fall to the sevenths, and obviously, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the medical, but it didn't seem like so overwhelmingly bad that it would cause him to fall that far. I mean, he came back from the ACL. He played. He had a. You know, good year overall in 2022, the high ankle sprain is a sprain, but it's not really going to matter that much in the grand scheme of things. And the broken ankle in high school was, you know, five years ago, but maybe the combination of things. And again, kind of kind of like Darnell Washington, right. where it's a little bit leggier and you kind of worry about you know, the hold up over time. Maybe that's the, the concern there with him. I'll or say with or t-
2: had he not done something, you know, had he not had he ducked out of everything at the through the, through the pro day process or, you know, or maybe he only ran or something at the combine, but he did a lot of stuff in the pre-draft
1: process. Yeah. You know? He did it all. I think so. I mean, he, he he's healthy. Like he's going to be good to go for day one of rookie main camp. There's no concern there. So I guess it just maybe be some of the longer term concerns that might be flagged. I mean, it, in our scouting report, you know, we have our grade and we also have things for, you know, off-field concerns and medical concerns. I put a, a medical flag on him to kind of note that. So I was not necessarily shocked to see him fall. I was kind of aware of the background. And that's like that's hard information to find. Like the broken ankle in high school, you have know, to be like an right. hour to find that information. Like, it takes a long time to find some of that stuff. It's not in his bio on his Purdue page. You really have to to dive in deep to kind of find some of this stuff. So again, that goes back to why do some players fall that, that may surprise you because there may be some things behind the scenes that people are not going to be aware of. But Last note on Trice, just researching him as I kind of went through my profile on him, a really hard worker, really mature. Uh, Unfortunately, his dad, Corey Sr., was shot and killed in 2010, and there's been a lot of things he's done to remember his dad. And there was a gold board that he put up in 2019, a a, a tweet that kind of went semi-viral in Purdue circles about all the things he wanted to do and still had his dad's memory on there. So um, this is a guy that's been through a lot, unfortunately, but... Um, has been able to, to battle that heartache, battle injury, battle position changes. So I think a mentally tough dude that is, um, I think, I think there's a chance his best football is still ahead of him.
2: And, uh, you know, you go back to what, uh, Terrell Austin said about length and, and, and all like that after talking about Joey Porter Jr. And then the things that, uh, Grady, uh, added on during his, uh, press conference, they need to let him talk more too, uh, uh, as well, uh, I mean, they they obviously are going to view him as an outside corner uh, to start and give him every 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 opportunity uh, there. But uh, once again, I, I think the big the biggest takeaway because I mean, even what what was what would you have envisioned being his 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 furthest drop, fifth round maybe?
1: Yeah, I thought maybe like probably fifth round. I thought he could be a, a late day two kind. I think the tape says late day two. And if you just kind of say, OK, it's a it's a deep cornerback class and maybe just some of the, the weirdness of the draft, I thought, yeah, probably fourth, fifth round was, was kind of going to be his his floor.
2: All right. So they were obviously they talked, you know, we're, we're, we're probably a bit surprised to see him fall all the way down that way. And I think what didn't agree is you don't know the reasons why some of these guys drop and, 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 and all like that. And uh, he was one of their pre-draft visitors as well. Right.
1: Trice? No, Trice didn't come in.
2: Uh, oh, I thought Trice did. Who was the other mm. one I was thinking of? Well, I mean, then they weren't concerned about the medical that much on him or else they probably would have brought him in. Uh, yeah. who, who I think is- he
1: was at the Combine. I mean, Grady said he saw him at the Combine okay, and kind of okay. worked through him there. And so probably, I mean, as he got medical medically evaluated there, too, I'm sure.
2: And the only one at the uh, – who was at the Purdue Pro
1: Day? That's a good question. It was not a position coach, to my knowledge, and Grady didn't reference him being there, and so I don't think we missed him or was anything.
2: It, was it um, uh, Bruna, Mark? Gorsick?
1: Purdue, it was Gorsuch, yeah.
2: Gorsuch, okay. So uh, I could have swore that he was on that list of pre-draft visitors, but I was, I'm wrong there. Uh, all right, I, I want uh I'm going to spend, you know, by Wednesday, I'm going to go through a lot more. I'll have further evaluation on what i see with him i just couldn't get get to enough of his tape in the meantime since since all that we had going on yesterday there so i'll 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 try to catch up with you as far as the tape study on him
1: all right dave at 251 with the pittsburgh steelers final selection of the 2023 nfl draft the steelers selected spencer anderson offensive lineman out of maryland I got to admit, when the pick came in, I knew nothing about Spencer Anderson. I got tip I right. to tip my hat to Josh Carney, who had him on the others considered list. My thought was this team would draft that versatile offensive lineman late in the draft. I had Jerome Carvin from Tennessee as kind of the guy I thought they might have the most uh, amount of intrigue in. Anderson's cut from a similar claw that's basically started at all five positions. I think maybe maybe one start at left guard, he had said, but you know, a lot of time at center, tackle, right guard, and so... Um, That's that classic versatile swing man to to take that chance on in the seventh round.
2: Uh, Almost 400 career snaps in college at center too, Uh, which is, is quite interesting. So, and I think most of those came in 2021.
1: Was Yeah. Two, two years ago was your tweet Uh,
2: 2021. So I'm interested to go. The bad thing about being the last pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a draft is you don't get the position coach to come out right. to to talk about them, and then during the wrap up pro, pro, uh, press conference with 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 Con uh, and Tomlin, they they're not asked about them.
1: It should have been though. I, I wanted to know. Okay, where do you see Anderson? I think they they the card had him written as a guard, and so that's my guess is how they'll view him to start. But obviously, he'll play a bunch of spots.
2: Right. So you didn't get a lot of info other than the bio sheet that 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 gets released after the pick and all like that. I my first thought was after thumbing through some clips real quick and and, and looking at his position hi, history here is is and he supposedly at at the Shrine. He was a Shrine kid too, wasn't he? Shrine Bowl kid. Yeah. Uh, got Got a little bit of work at center as well too. I wonder. I find myself wondering, and this is just a a, a you know a speculation. I wonder how much how uh, during this process. Uh, uh, now that he's theirs and going through the you know, rookie mini camp, I wonder how much look he's going to get at center.
1: I'm I wonder- sure some. They need a backup center.
2: Right. Uh, And I have not touched, obviously, hardly any of his tape at all. Uh, I am interested to go back and kind of watch some of those snaps in 2021 at center. Is this another uh, kid with all the measurables? And he's got nice, nice RAS, I believe. Right.
1: Yeah. All the all the graphics had like I think everybody but Herbic had a nine plus RAS and Herbic was still like seven point. Five, and that was kind of just the size knocking him
2: uh so and he's he's definitely got the size i think to uh to uh to play center there uh that that's that's the biggest question i have right now because you've got a full interior line room still at this point right
1: in the sense of what do you mean by full interior well, i mean
2: line? i mean you got james daniels right uh you've got uh uh, Herbig, who you signed. Uh, you still got Dotson, uh, in the room. Uh, uh Amalu, obviously, at, at that point. And I mean, who who's who's your swing interior guard right now? If things stay exactly the way they are,
1: right now, Herbig. it's Herbig. Right, but you know, you, you carry. You're going to carry eight or nine on your 53. So that ninth guy might be, you know, that, that spot's probably still open between. And Spencer then obviously Green, Ryan we McCollum, Anderson, UDFAs.
2: And Dotson still could be gone at some point. They didn't go sure. get, they didn't, they didn't go get me my fifth. Like I wanted <laughs> uh, <laughs> with him. Uh, you know, all that added together makes me, and, and you still only have McCollum as your, Technically, I guess back up center at this point. My, my, one of you know, I, I'm going to be interested to see how much they work them at center through rookie mini camp and, and beyond.
1: The report from Josh is kind of the skinny there, basically, you know, decent tape overall, better pass protector than run blocker, does not create a ton of movement in the run game is kind of the issue with him, but is pretty stout and pass broke and sit and anchor. Um And overall, you know, pretty well-rounded guy with that versatility. So that seems to be the biggest issue is that he's not that that punishing run blocker and doesn't really create a lot of You know, he can he can kind of stall out and, and, and not get beat, not not lose the block, but is not creating much of a push in the run game.
2: All right. Well, all I've seen is just TV tape on him right now. I haven't watched any all, you know, all 22. So I'll. Uh, I'll dive into some more of that. Cause I, like you, I didn't know anything about him once the pick was made. So, uh, I just, I, I just, know, I know a little bit, of, I know just a little bit about him in different areas. That's it.
1: I just knew as soon as the pick came in, people are going to complain about another Maryland guy, which is dumb and stupid, but. You know, let's, let's view the man as his own man. And, um, you know, you you can see the the allure of taking that guy late because he can wear a lot of hats for this team. And anytime as is, you're a late round guy that can, you know, do more for this team. Look at a John Leglue from a couple of years ago. You know, if you can do that kind of stuff, play different positions, you're going to maximize your value and your chances of at least sticking around on the practice squad.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. I can't wait to get into some of his stuff. And once again, uh, I think maybe we'll get some more clues, around rookie rookie mini camp here
1: yeah hopefully yeah i mean i'm sure he'll play guard and center i, I doubt much tackle right. although right now they need some tackles so maybe a little bit of tackle but um he's gonna be a guard center okay
3: go on give us a smile go on you know you want to Well, if it's that bad, maybe you need a bit of help from G4 by Golpa. G4 by Golpa can give you brand new permanent teeth in just 24 hours. They'll give you a new smile that looks, feels, and functions just like natural teeth. Make your appointment today at yourteeth.com. That's yourteeth.com and save yourself $1,000 just by mentioning this podcast. G4 by Golpa. Powered by technology. Inspired by patients.
1: All right. So after that, the draft is never over after Mr. Relevant comes in. And that was that uh, Toledo kid Pittsburgh had interest in, I forget his name, Deshaun something or other. But anyway, so after that pick comes in, the draft is not done. The undrafted process always pretty crazy, although it's typically a lot crazier and more exciting for the other 31 NFL teams. Pittsburgh pretty quiet here and, and usually did not announce their undrafted class until uh, this morning. Usually it's done by, you know, eight, nine o'clock. Uh, day of draft, Saturday night. And so the team was announced only seven for agents, which is a much smaller number than what I anticipated. But I'll read through the names here. You have, uh, they're going to call him a receiver. Return specialist Jordan Bird from San Diego State. Trevor Downing, a center slash guard from Iowa State. Tanner Morgan, quarterback, Minnesota. From Merrimack College defensive end, and I'm going to struggle with the last name here, James Nayam Watt Wa Ooh, I'm really butchering that name. James, uh James N from Merrimack College, David Perales, the edge rusher from Fresno State. Fullbeck, Monty, Potterbaum from Iowa, and Kicker, B.T. Potter from Clemson. So those are the seven. I'm surprised by only seven. I have to assume this team's going to bring in a bunch of XFL guys once their season ends, which will be pretty shortly.
2: They need to go get that that uh kid out of pit that plays for St. Louis that I wrote about a couple mm. of weeks uh uh, go. uh, the left tackle for him, uh, uh, look, they still only have at this point, even though they drafted Broderick Jones, you still only have four tackles in that room. You're probably going to need six or seven by the time, uh, training camp rolls around. So there's more, there is definitely more tackles coming. We just don't know where. Uh, they're coming from. Uh, and then obviously I'm sure by in the next 48 hour, in the next 48 hours, we'll learn of some more invites, right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 rookie mini camp invites. And maybe, maybe there'll be, you know, there, there almost has to be a handful of those uh, on the way for them to even get through the rookie mini camp at this point uh, of these guys that I, I, that, as, as the name started to roll in that I quickly tried to go find out as much as possible on, uh, that, that Monty Potter bomb out of Iowa, that guy was born to end up an unrestricted free agent of the Pittsburgh Steelers at, at fullback. I'm, I'm pretty convinced of that. He mm-hmm. even grew up a Steelers fan, I think as well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, with, 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 within that, uh, he's got the mullet. I mean, a- everything about him, you know, playing at Iowa, Uh, uh, pretty decent, you know, lead blocking fullback there. That, that, that guy definitely fits the mold, uh, there, uh, not a lot of Merrimack tape out there. (laughs) Did
1: you find your all 22 on Merrimack? No, no, no,
2: sorry. Uh, did find some measurables on him as at draft scout though. And, uh, checks a lot of the boxes as far as the, the height, weight, uh, length and all like that. So uh, uh, be interested to, you know, he definitely, once again, you you can see why they were attracted from, for, for him just from the measurables. I haven't been able to find anything else on him. I'll, I'll He's dig what, a- 6'4",
1: 294, 34 plus inch arms. That, yeah. That's really good size yeah. for a D3 or D2, whatever level that is. That, that's impressive. He had uh, um five ahead. and a half sacks last year. So a little bit of production as well. Uh,
2: I don't know much about Trevor Downing out of Iowa State. I haven't looked at anything on him. But I did, uh, was, uh, being as how he's going to be an edge rusher, that David Perales out of Fresno State. Uh, couldn't help but uh, find some TV stuff on him and go through it last night and all uh, of, of uh, you know, very productive guy over there, a high motor guy for sure, a guy that uh, there there are some effort sacks, some unbelievable effort sacks uh, uh, in, uh, in his tape uh, from Fresno State there, a little bit shorter arms, uh, I think he measured in around 255. Uh, what was he? Six, six, two, six, three, two, fifty-five, some somewhere around in there, but, uh, a production guy, high motor guy, you can definitely see the attraction there for him being an edge. Uh, so pot Paralis. paralysis. I looked at last night. I can't tell you anything else about the rest of them yet.
1: Yeah, just to run through what I know about these guys and most of it's more surface level stuff. Jordan Bird's got four career return touchdowns, three kicks, uh, one on punt. And so that's going to be attractive there. He was not a receiver, to my knowledge, really in college. He played running back. The production there was pretty light, but he's going to be brought in for the return stuff. He didn't run all that well. He ran in the four fives, but I think he plays faster on tape. So that's going to be his path to try to do the return thing. Downing played guard and center. I think he was a guard two years ago, moved to center this past year for the Cyclones. So a little Spencer Anderson-like there. Morgan's a guy that had gotten buzzed back in 2019 through 30 touchdowns, I think, in 2019, and thought he might be the next great quarterback. And his career career really tailed off from there through just nine touchdowns last season. So um, that pushes him into that undrafted camp. He is the cousin of Tim Couch. You care huh. about Tim Couch and all that kind of stuff? He is uh, the cousin of him uh, paralysis. Yeah. The, the, from what you showed, I thought that was some interesting tape there. Potter bomb. I thought was one of the better actual true fullbacks and lead blockers of this draft. And we of course had a report on the kicker BT Potter. Who I thought, um, was not draftable worthy, but I thought I had a chance to come in for Pittsburgh. Danny Smith at that Clemson Tigers pro day. So that kind of put BT Potter on the radar for me, really experienced guy broke Chris Gardocky's record for most games played in Clemson football history. So there's a little fun fact for you guys, but. Yeah, those are the names. We'll go through them, watch them some more. Um, and it's a it's a smaller class than what I expected, but I imagine there's going to be more names coming in terms of XFL. Maybe some definitely rookie tryout guys. Do you know how many guys are on the roster right now? How far away they are from ninety? Because they're not they're not that close to ninety right now. I think they're probably five, six, seven spots away.
2: All right, let's see. They had seventy two plus the uh, new cornerback. We'll be talking about uh here right. in a minute uh 73 counting those guys the draft class was 7 that makes 80 and then eight undrafted right
1: 7 undrafted oh se- so seven undrafted eight, okay they're at 87 so they're closer than i thought but there's still three spots open
2: right and sometimes you see one or two, maybe of these guys that were already on the contract uh, under contract on the on the bottom end of the roster, go out the door right after the draft as well, too. Uh, right. So there's a possibility of that. So you let's call may, possibly a wiggle room of maybe two when it comes to that. And then what's going to happen with with a Keller spoon, Alex? Uh, yeah, that 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 cornerback room I think now sits at eleven. That's that's a that's a pretty full cornerback room right now, and yeah. it, it it looks a lot fuller with that four million dollar mm-hmm. salary attached to Keller Witterspoon. Do you want to take that to OTAs with you?
1: It's a fair question. I mean, you want to get eyes on these rookies, and you know Trace despite, I think, having more talent than a seventh-round pick, is still a seventh-round pick or rookie. And so do you push Witherspoon out before you kind of really know what you have in the group? There's some youth there. So, you know, it, it depends. what you, it, If you wanted to do something with Witherspoon's money and go sign somebody, then maybe you consider that. But if you're just cutting him and doing really nothing with that cap saving, you know, you might as well keep him. I know there's a risk there of injury, but I think it's a pretty small one. And so I think you assume that and, and carry him in the training camp
2: will he be on the roster by the start of OTAs i kind of wonder if he's going to be on the roster next next, <laughs> next next sunday
1: yeah i think i know your answer to this question <laughs> um i'll say I'll, I'll go the other way and say he stays but obviously if there was a guy that was going to get the hefo it would be a Keller with a spoon
2: okay i'll say no he won't be just to be just so we're on and we won't bring this up again unless i'm right
1: no what about travis adams the nose tackle drafted. You got a a four nose tackles right now with him, Pahoko Watts, Benton Adams. I mean, Adams probably stays, but that room's looking pretty heavy right now.
2: Yeah. You don't, you don't stand to save as much with him though, but I mean, it is still the same scenario. Do you want to take him and let him get, you know, uh, if you know, if you know unequivocally that he's not going to make it, uh, but I mean, he does have a little bit, you know, uh, lower cost associated with them but it's it's a fair question and it's a fair question I mean they didn't draft a wide receiver and and uh, so I think Gunner's fairly safe still up until th- throughout the summer
1: here right all right Dave let's talk about you mentioned 11 cornerbacks and another one was added not via the draft not as a UDFA but as a veteran signing Pittsburgh loves doing these during the draft and making our busy weekend uh, all the more busy. Chandon Sullivan signing, reportedly not been uh, officially announced by the team. Don't know terms. I imagine that's a one-year deal. Slot corner, Um, been spent time with, what, Minnesota, I think Green Bay. The numbers are not kind to him. The metrics analytics say he was one of the worst slot corners in football last year, but he's some veteran depth. And I, you know, once we got, once the Herbig pick came through, I I said, I sat there and said, this team has to go sign a veteran. They got to get some slot corner help. I don't know how much help Sullivan will be, right. but he'll be at least a veteran guy in there. And I think slot corner to me, Dave is still a major problem. And I've been sounding that alarm for quite some time saying this team was not looking at slot corners in the draft. They were looking at big outside guys. They drafted two big outside guys in the slot. I do not know what they're what they're going to do right now with that position group.
2: Yeah. We'll have to see uh, what, how this falls out even more. Sullivan. Sullivan has to be a vet benefit contract. It absolutely has to. When 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 you look at his uh, film overall, I think Jonathan Hightrader has a uh, has a film room up on him, right? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: That
2: this guy's not going to be the answer. I don't think.
1: No. Uh, probably
2: not. Overall, I mean, that, that there's no reason to have even given him a signing bonus. Uh, within this, so this should be a nine hundred and forty dollar uh, cap charge on a vet benefit contract here. Uh, within all that, the options are were were kind of very limited out there. And I think uh, AJ Alani a couple of weeks ago wrote an article of, of potential uh, slot options if you know in free agency, uh, uh, way ahead of the draft there. And and Sullivan was one of I think two people he had on that on that list when it came to free agent players. So kudos to him on that. It's just this is just another guy in a room the way it looks like right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a guy with experience. You got Millett, you have Sullivan, you know, Trey Norwood can play the slot, although he's battling for that spot on the team right now. I just, I have 2021 vibes all over again, where they're going to kind of go through camp and just feel like they can put a couple of low level guys and let them compete and think it's going to make the group better. And maybe it will slightly, but not enough. And I mean, there is no Cam Sutton to to ride in and kind of save the day. So I'm pretty concerned right now about that slot position. on on, on rundowns is fine, but on passing downs on third and seven, I have no idea who your slot corner is going to be right, right
2: now. Right, right. It feels like this is going to be throw a lot of mud at it.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's a mud for sure. Uh, Dave, you wanted to mention an update on the Allen Robinson contract. It's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle of all the draft stuff, but what do you have on Robinson?
2: Yeah, finally got details on that. It took mm-hmm. a while, but uh it, it it finally has come in and it's a little bit different uh overall than than you know even even I imagine it. Now uh five million of the two thousand and twenty three uh that he was due obviously and, and was reported right out of shoot. That that happened. So five million in two thousand and twenty three. was the Steelers' portion that they had to pay of that. They instantly turned the three point uh, whatever, uh, uh, three point what was it three point eight three five million of that into a signing bonus. And as part of this kind of uh, restructure that they did with him, the two void years I think have gone away uh, in this. Uh, so they only prorated that out over the two years. And remember the conversation we had about what, what's happened, what happened with the 5.75 million roster bonus in March of 2024. Uh, we, we know the Rams didn't pay it. Uh, did it carry over into his contract? It appears as though they, they worked that out of the deal completely as as part mm. of this it just went away uh
1: so uh, robinson just agreed to it as like either would that would that come during the trade or after the trade or I, do you think I, that I, happened
2: i don't know uh if it i would um i would um i don't know i would imagine that it happened on the steelers side but okay uh, I'm not 100% sure about that, but remember we had to talk about what's going to happen uh, with that, but it appears that that $5.75 million March roster bonus in 2024 has vanished now. And if indeed that, and I'll get a Corey, uh, Joe Corey, uh, uh, has got to get back to me on, 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 to make sure to confirm my suspicions here. But, uh, if indeed that's the case, then that does give him a fighter's chance to stick in 2024 because he still has that $10 million base salary in place. Remember the whole Ian Rappaport tweet and all like that? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's starting to look somewhat the way he had, he tried to frame it. I just wish he would have been more specific, but it's starting to look like what he was trying to say came to fruition there. Uh, so if that 5.75 million dollar roster bonus is not there in 2024, then all you're dealing with is the $10 million, uh, 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 base salary there. It and gives so there's
1: him- no like deadline of, okay, this bonus is due. we right. gotta make a call on him. You can right. carry him for a while if you wanted to.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, if he has a nice 2023, a re, uh, stays on the field, catches, I don't know, 45 to, 55 passes and, you know, 12.5 yards per reception, three, four, five touchdowns, something like that. I mean, he's a bargain to keep at 10 million. I think at that point, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but at least it gives him a shot to stay. Whereas if he had the 10 million base salary, plus the $5.75 million roster bonus that you were dealing with, I mean, that's, he would have had to be, he'd have to be all pro <laughs> uh in in 2023 in 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 order to stick there. So at least it it sets up an opportunity for him to stay in, in 2024 there. So nice job by uh it lowers his cap hit. The way they ended up doing this, uh comes out with Robinson's uh cap hit in 2023 of just being 3.0825 million. Uh, in total, which obviously isn't bad at all uh, when you when you factor in the, the roster displacement at all. So, all right. Well, you know, he's obviously yours and and uh, the whole 2023 money, the five million, even though it was restructured, that's fully guaranteed because the base salary is fully guaranteed. And he gave him that three point eight, three five million dollar uh, signing bonus in there. So a little bit different than than kind of the way it played in my head when these initial details came out and it just, it took so long because it, it was a mistake when it hit the NFL PA, they charged off the Steelers the full amount uh, initially. And they have since corrected that and all it, it took a while for the details to come out, but, but that's it with him.
3: Go on, give us a smile, go on, you know, you want to. Well, if it's that bad, maybe you need a bit of help from G4 by Golpa. G4 by Golpa can give you brand new permanent teeth in just 24 hours. They'll give you a new smile that looks, feels, and functions just like natural teeth. Make your appointment today at yourteeth.com. That's yourteeth.com and save yourself $1,000 just by mentioning this podcast. G4 by Golpa. Powered by technology. Inspired by patients.
1: All right. Glad we have all the details on the Robinson deal. All right, Dave, just one last kind of, I mean, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. We have our show, we have our our live stream as well tomorrow. um, Talk about this some more, but you know, just kind of a 30,000 foot view gut reaction to this Pittsburgh Steelers 2023 draft class.
2: Look, Broderick Jones, to me, you had to do that. Good on them for doing it. We talked about conviction going up and getting a guy uh, really really was thinking that tackle was going to strongly be in consideration there. Uh, the further you get into this tape, it looks very nice. A lot of upside with him. Like, I love the pick, uh, to get Joey Porter jr. Uh, in the second round, uh, I mean, how, how can he not like that? I mean, it's a guy that had, had, he went 17, we wouldn't have a bat in an eye about there. Uh, Darnell Washington. What, what, uh, I mean, uh, Benton, uh, the next pick there, a guy that, you know, obviously we, we thought could be a guy for this team and, and, and a fit for them, uh, overall hard not to like that, uh, Darnell Washington sliding like that, uh, unreal, uh, just unreal value there. I mean, uh, and we've talked about that, uh, the Herbig selection, uh, probably the most in the most obvious yet most Questionable, is that fair?
1: Yeah, again, it, it's uh, the question about scheme fit, position fit is the the big concern that I have there with Herbig.
2: I mean, outside of Joey Porter being obvious, I mean, you wouldn't have called him obvious in the second round, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, and and an obvious fit, uh, Herbig, you know, where they got him and, and the bloodlines and all like that. I mean, it was obvious. Potential Steeler guy, you just probably the, the most questions I think surround him uh, when it comes to this draft class. Uh, you move into obviously Trice, superb value uh, when it comes to getting him where you did, and then you know I not much to add on on a kid I haven't hardly watched a lot in in in, in Spencer Anderson there, but I mean you can understand uh, the thinking from from, uh, an athletic standpoint, a position versatility standpoint, uh, all, all, you know, especially when we look back at the pre-draft process and man, they sure are looking at some interior guys, uh, within this group here. You can, you can understand that, uh, overall. So, I mean, those, those, uh, those first four picks, man. And, you know, I, you have to give that an A plus, I think.
1: Yeah. This feels like a, um, uh like a sam's club or a costco draft and i say that for, for two words like size you can go to sam's club and just get like a 72 pack of toilet paper and value like you just get this combination of just crazy size and crazy value and that's kind of my and thought you have to, with buy <laughs> you to buy more of it yeah yeah you gotta have a card or something for it i don't know how all that stuff works but uh you got a ton of size here with jones with porter with washington with benton with Trice, even Anderson is a pretty, you know, big dude. There's no small, no small people allowed here. Uh, nobody who looks like me in the Steelers draft class, that's for sure. And you got tremendous value. I mean, you know, Jones was about where we're expected to go, but Porter at 32, Benton was rock solid value at 49. Of course, Washington falling all the way to 93, incredible value, Trice at 241, incredible value. Um, that's obvious. So the article I wrote today was. You know, Pittsburgh wanting to play bully ball in 2023. And that's kind of been the signs we saw in free agency with Herbig and Say Malu coming in, getting some hitters defensively and Neal and Roberts, a big corner and Patrick Peterson. And it was more more furthered and cemented through this draft class. So that that's Pittsburgh's approach. They're not hiding who they want to be. That kind of plan, especially offensively, was developed the back half of last year. And I think will be, you know, much improved for 2023. So overall, really happy with the class. Really happy with the value there. Again, Herbig, the position fits the the kind of the big. If I had to knock something about this draft class, it would certainly be be them committing to playing Herbig as an edge rusher. But if that's the worst thing about the draft class about a fourth round guy you know, playing on the edge, then then you're pretty happy with that that haul overall. Yeah,
2: uh, I mean, you you would agree though, right? That I mean, going to be interesting to watch Herbig.
1: Yeah, I'll be watching for it. Um, and again, I think we'll make some plays. Can he? Can he just be consistent? Can he be consistent versus the run to justify the the position? It's going to be the thought there with him.
2: Uh, I got this real quick from a guy who's done some work for us, Andrew Shaver, uh, mm-hmm. who works for, obviously for PFF now. Uh, he said he watched some Nia. Neo- Wah film this morning and imagine it'll be hard to find. He says his takeaway for him is he's a Timex takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Somewhat of an older reference. Oh, I get that. One. That's over Alex's head though.
1: It's a watch, uh, right?
2: Yeah, right, right, they, Yeah, yeah that, that used to be the old uh, slogan with them. Timex, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Uh, Rushes the passer well as a zero-tech, more so than as a three-tech. Plays through the hole, uh, the holes decently when rushing the passer as well, much more so than against a run. He says has Inspector Gadget-like arms on some plays where he seems to just reach out and grab a hold of a passer or ball carrier. Uh, moves quick for his height and carries 300-plus pounds pretty well, neither upper or lower body looks strong, but can tell he's an athlete. Uh, he says he could see him as a practice squad candidate there. So, uh, get some, uh, Intel coming in. They evidently have some, <laughs> some, uh, some, uh, Merrimack tape, right. Uh, uh, when it, when, it, when it comes to him. So thank you to, to Andrew Shaver for sending me that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things on YouTube of like you know TV tape, so we can dive into that. But uh, yeah, appreciate the report. Although I feels like that feels like that report was written in 1997 with a Go Go Catching Arms and the Timex reference. But uh, no, good information there. Interesting to hear he played more no tackle. I thought maybe in Pittsburgh he tried to kick out some with some of the size, but you now we'll see where they align them.
2: All right, uh, what else do we have to get to? Anything else we wanted to hit today?
1: Uh, just some reader emails if we have any, or okay. do you want to save those until Monday? I don't know how you want to.
2: Yeah, let's save those to Monday, man. Give us an opportunity to watch more tape on here. And we're both kind of, <laughs> we got, we got a long day ahead today and I've uh, done a lot of work so far. So let's hit, uh, let's, let's let the email machine fill up a little bit between now and tomorrow uh, morning and we'll also have more film by then in case anybody has more specific questions and all like that so uh, within that uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Cazora. follow the show at Terrible Podcast email the show the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com if you like what we do and want to donate to the cause go to SteedersDepot.com hit the donate button upright navigational bar also if you like an ad free version SteedersDepot.com uh, Add free button upright navigation bar. Thank you to our, our crew. Uh man, just incredible work. You guys, Alex, you, and and, and everybody, you know, our editor Scott Brown over the weekend, as well. To just incredible work by everybody involved uh, in this process, our draft team and and all like that. And you know, we had uh back-to-back uh, record days uh, for site traffic on, on on Friday and Saturday. So we appreciate everybody helping uh uh us get to that point there and you know the listenership on the podcast has been mon- monumental as well too we can't thank you know readers and listeners uh enough and and our own staff enough as well too so uh we are now transitioning into the post draft process now and we look forward to that get diving deeper into these prospects and uh, contextualizations and everything that comes along uh with that portion obviously the uh the uh the rookie uh mini camps coming up as well too uh it sounds like Adam Schefter is expecting May 11th to be the date that the NFL is looking to release the 2023 NFL schedule so that's now on the horizon going to be exciting to talk about uh, as as well so with all that said we'll be back on Monday as always thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave knowledge.
0: You save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA Safe Pilot. You'll feel like a big deal, even in a traffic jam. Save up to thirty percent with USAA Safe Pilot. Restrictions apply.